welcome in to the premiere episode of the Destination Debbie College Football Podcast. I would be your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, Derek Cook. Derek, man, we finally made it. Week zero is quickly creeping up on us, although it might not be the best five-game slate, but we have some college football back. How are you feeling about that? Uh, looks like it's a six-game slate, my friend, but yeah, I'm... I am super excited uh, just to be watching college football. I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, most of these games aren't, shouldn't be super exciting, but um, football on the TV, I'm, I'm here for it. What about yourself, man? You're right. Six games late. This a little bit dyslexic over here tonight, apparently. But like you said, not the most exciting competitive slate. We got a couple power five schools, SC, Vandy, and then Notre Dame kicking things off in Ireland for us this year. And then we have some other non-Group of Five teams. But it looks like we got a couple of matchups that are expected to be one-score games. So hopefully with those, we at least see some competitive football. From a Debbie aspect, not the most exciting weekend whatsoever. But like I said, we got a handful of Debbie guys that I'm excited to talk about here with you today that we're going to get to see on display this weekend. I know for me, the most intriguing team to watch is probably Notre Dame. New quarterback in town, Sam Hartman. Second year for Marcus Freeman. They lost Tommy Reese at OC. The OC that just came in, it's his first year calling plays. So it'll be interesting how that offense looks. Even against a Navy team, we both know how Navy can be. Triple option team, they can always give fits to any and everybody on any given weekend. And it is a rivalry game. It is over in Ireland, so neutral site, both traveling overseas. I'm excited to watch this one. DraftKings has it as a 20.5-point spread, Notre Dame's way. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see a one-two score game where Notre Dame does not cover the spread. Yeah, I don't anticipate Notre Dame covering the spread. Um, I know Marcus Freeman's, you know, last year it started off pretty rough as a team. I think they started off like 0-2, 0-3. I don't necessarily think that you know, we should anticipate an upset here, but um, Navy's sneaky. They always are, like you said. The triple option teams are hard to defend against. I mean, years ago, Ohio State played Navy, and they were projected to win by something similar or more and won by six or seven. So I think it'll be, you know, a seven to ten point game. Um, kind of piggybacking off of the same stuff you said. I mean, um, Notre Dame, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. I, I anticipate them to, you know, Win this game, never really be in question, but I think it's closer than what the uh, the line says it could be. Yeah, I'm with you there. The one big advantage Notre Dame has is they have the whole fall camp to get ready for Navy. It's not a week two or week three game where you're doing a one-week prep. They have multiple weeks to get ready for this game, so hopefully they'll show up. I'm a big Marcus Freeman guy, as you know. Obviously, you are with him being a former Buckeye. So it'll yeah, be held linebacker. He was back in the day, unfortunately. This will be a fun one to watch. I think Sam Hartman, see how he does in a whole new system. A lot less pass happy than what he was used to at Wake Forest is what I'm expecting. They do have the big guy at running back, Audric Estime. I'm expecting a big season from him and a big day here against Navy. And then other running back, now converted to wide receiver in the slot, Chris Tyree. I'm very, very curious to see how he does being split out wide all game, 
predominantly wide receiver, no more backfield work, presumably for him. So that'll be interesting. And then former big-time recruit, sophomore Tobias Merriweather, had one catch last season, but he is the number one wide receiver for Notre Dame. And I'm extremely, extremely excited to watch him to see if he lives up to the hype he did have coming out of high school. Uh, I mean, I again, I feel like I'd be piggybacking off you if I said anything else. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm just excited to see football. You know, I – I think uh, you made a very fair point about having a, a full offseason to prepare for Navy. That is a, a great point where most, you know, if you prepare for them in a week, it could be a sneaky game. Um, but obviously, again, like you said, a huge fan of the, the head coach over there for Notre Dame, you know, Buckeye alum. So a uh, little bit of Notre Dame in my heart. So, uh, you know, always rooting for him. So. Yeah, so we'll look forward to that one. That one will kick off at 2.30 Eastern time on NBC, first game of the day. We'll go ahead and go to the second game of the day at 5.30 Eastern time on CBS Sports. We have UTEP at Jacksonville State. DraftKings has this a one-point game going UTEP's way. An over-under of 54.5 points, the third highest over-under on this slate. This one's going to be a barn burner, it seems like, and a close one throughout. Me, personally, I'm taking UTEP. They are the more experienced team, and they have been playing the better competition over the last few years in Jacksonville State. I attribute the one-point spread to it being a road game for them. This was a home I think they'd be favored by close to a touchdown. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. It seems like anytime we say something about a – a barn burner game it ends up not being or a shootout it ends up not being that you know if anybody listened to us last year it seemed like it never happened when we said that uh so you know knock on wood hopefully they're they do score upwards of 50 points um i think i'm i'm gonna agree with you on utep they played better competition better conference you know one point spread definitely because of they're the road team so i'm, I'm right there with you man yeah, from a debbie aspect there's really nothing to be on the look for, look out for in this game, unfortunately. It is the only game kicking off in this 5.30 time slot. So at least it's some football on for those of you that do have CBS Sports and will be able to tune into it. Next game we have will be taking place at 7 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. The Ohio Bobcats at the San Diego State Aztecs. This one I'm looking forward to being an Ohio native. They do have a monstrous running back for Ohio that I expect he's going to put up big, a big, big game. Uh, say Bingura, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Last season, over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns on the ground, 200 carries. Uh, PPR-wise, on DraftKings, he averaged 21.5 fantasy points. I'm expecting a pretty big day out of him. He's going to get the rock early and often. Sorry, buddy. I uh, was just looking at some stats. Um, again, like you said, Ohio native. I'm I'm right there with you. Big boy at running back. Had a killer year last year. I anticipate Washburn's repeat doing the same thing this year. He's honestly the only Debbie player that I'm even interested at between these two teams. And we've seen it almost every year. These smaller school running backs come out of nowhere. Uh, last year, Tajay Spears, for example. Maybe he'll be the next one. His draft class coming up. You never know. But he it's is entirely, about, yeah. 
the only the only player in this game I'm I'd be looking at for a possible NFL player. Yeah, and DraftKings has the Ohio Bobcats as two and a half point dogs on the road. I'm taking the underdog in this one, like I said. Over under is only set at 49. So I'm not expected to hit that 50 point threshold, unfortunately, according to DraftKings. But I think this will be a competitive game throughout and one to keep your eye on just for some good old football. Yeah, I'm um I'm gonna go with the favorite on this one. I hate betting against Ohio, but you know, I guess at some point or another I gotta disagree with you somewhere. So I'll go ahead and go San Diego State here. They seem to be a tough matchup at times. So if they can keep that running back under under lock and key a little bit, I think they have a chance. Yeah, and I'm growing up, San Diego State had some of my most favorite uniforms and helmets. They were sweet. I remember one a few years ago. I don't remember the exact name of it, but they had like Aztec uh, ruins or language, whatever you want to call yeah, it, it on like the helmets. Hier- the hieroglyphs or whatever. Yes, that's exactly the what mind. it was. They had, yeah, if they had that on the helmet, that was really sick. But also in the seven o'clock window, we have UMass at New Mexico State. This one will be on the big stage on ESPN, surprisingly. Right now, DraftKings has New Mexico State as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm taking the underdog in this one as well, going with UMass. I think they can pull up the upset. I just put my name in a hat and figure out which way I'm going to go. Um, man, I'm just going to be different view again. I'm going to go New Mexico State. They're the home team. They're the favorites. And I go with New Mexico State. It wouldn't surprise me to see the favorites walk away with this one, but I, I want to see a little bit of chaos week zero. I want to see some underdogs get out there and win, especially on the road. Right. Week week zero, I was going to say week one. Week zero, underdogs winning on the road. I mean, that's key. That sets the sets the tempo for the whole season. So I, I agree with you. And we all we love chaos. That's why we why we watch college football. Absolutely. It is week zero. You know, these teams have prepared been preparing for each other for the last few weeks now. So anything can happen. Throw out the point spreads, everything like that, over-under for the most part. You never know. But just a tick later on the clock at 7.30 on the SEC Network, we have Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Another childhood favorite team. Hawaii, loved watching them gr- growing up, the run-and-gun shootout-style offense with Colt Brennan. That's who it was. June Jones, Don Chaney. They were always a blast to watch at 11 o'clock midnight, just kicking off for us being here on the East Coast. But this game against Vandy, they are 17 and a half point dogs on the road in SEC country. And I, I got to agree with that one. I think Vandy's just going to take them to the woodshed. SEC school against Hawaii, especially traveling as far as they're coming from Hawaii to all the way to the other end of the U.S. That's going to be paying the ass on them. Jet lag, all that good stuff. It's just not going to be a pretty game to watch. Yeah, I was going to reminisce a little bit with you on the Hawaii stuff and Colt Brennan. Um, man, they, he was fun to watch. Those games were just fun to watch, like you said, just air raid all the time. Uh, if my memory serves correct, he had uh, the single season passing touchdowns. He had the most for quite a long time, I think until um, – Graham Harrell might have beat him. I, I know Burrow has long since beat him, but uh, yeah, old school Hawaii was great. Uh, again, 
I can't go Hawaii on this one. There's no way. Everything you mentioned, and it's a hell of a travel day. I think Vanderbilt's got this one. I mean, they're 17 and a half point favorites. I don't think it's going to be close. Vanderbilt walks all over them. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not the Hawaii we're used to. Rest in peace to Colt Brennan as well. He did lead the Hawaii Rainbows to, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl they played in. He was also Heisman candidate that season. I could have swore he was going to win it, but unfortunately did it. I know they were a blast to play with on NCAA on the good old PlayStation 2 back in the day. Yeah. They, they were uh... – what is their not their I guess their mascot? What are they? The the yeah, like the rainbows or, or maybe it's just rainbows. they were the Hawaii Warriors, I believe. Rainbow Warriors. That's, Rainbow Warriors. That's it. That's it. I just I, I love playing with Hawaii. They were so fun. Then we'll move on to the sixth game on the slate, not the final game. We're both wrong. Went from five game slate to six game slate. It's a seven game slate. We're forgetting about the last one. That's we're messing up. <laughs> yeah, the, the buck does not stop at USC like we thought. So we got San Jose State at USC at eight o'clock on the Pac twelve network. It's gonna be another schlacking. Caleb Williams is gonna have himself a hell of a day out there. The starting three receivers as of right now. Uh, Dorian Singer, Brendan Rice, Mario Williams. Uh, I believe Taj Washington is dealing with an injury and he may not play. Then, of course, we got Zachary Branch, Makai Lemon, the freshman. And interesting enough, from what I saw, running back from last year, sophomore Rayleigh Brown is now listed as a wide receiver, as is Deuce Robinson, the almighty. Aaron Judge compared baseball player coming in at tight end is listed at wide receiver. So it's very interesting there. I mean, it's, it is interesting, but you got to think about the offense they run, um, you know, with Caleb Williams there, what's the point in having a tight end out there? If you're on a tight end there, you might as well put in max protect and block. So it makes sense. And he's a matchup nightmare being on the outside at what? Six, six. So it makes sense. Um, yeah, I think USC again. I mean, I know I just said it for Vanderbilt, but they're going to trample and put their foot up San Jose's butt. It's, 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 it's football, and it is what it is. Thirty and a half point favorites. I think they win by forty-five. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be quite that bad. I'm sure Caleb Williams will get the hook third quarter or something silly because I think they're just going to come out, pedal third to the quarter. metal right away, and I mean, you get, get it done half-time. and early. Oh, yeah. Another interesting thing about their depth chart, Austin Jones is listed as a starter over Marshawn Lloyd. I know in the Debbie community all season, we've been extremely excited for Marshawn Lloyd transferring from the other USC, South Carolina, him dealing with his injury pass, being a five-star recruit. A lot of us thought him going to USC would kind of rejuvenate his career as well as his draft stock, but apparently for week zero, He's not getting the starting nod. Now, who knows? Austin Jones is the returner, senior over the transfer. Maybe it's just, you know, paperwork type stuff, you know. He's just getting the nod because he's got seniority and been in the program, and Marshawn Lloyd could come out there and get way more snaps than him. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing you basically just said. I think it's just a seniority thing. He's just going to, you know, play out the first couple games and then – 
Lloyd will get Lloyd will get the nod. So assuming he's not injured or lingering. And Malachi Nelson, another star freshman. They just have lots of star freshmen coming in on offense, if you did not know that already. He's listed as a third-string quarterback, but I think that's mostly due to him. He did have knee surgery in December, I believe. So he wasn't completely 100% healthy during spring ball and everything, but he was out there doing what he could. I don't expect to see him play in this game, him being QB3. But hopefully we'll get to see some Zachary Branch, maybe some Kai Lemon, Deuce Robinson I wouldn't expect to see. I think it's a little bit too early for him. Yeah, I, the first two, like you said, I would expect to see. Zachary Branch I'm just excited to see open up, you know, full steam ahead, see how fast that guy really is. I know we've, you know, heard about the GPS tracking and hitting 25 or whatever it was, something crazy. Um, but I just – I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I would love to see it on TV and watch him just run away from people. I'm a big, big Zachary Branch guy, and I hope we get to see him, even if it's for two, three drives. Yeah, hopefully I'd be happy. And maybe he'll get the Reggie Bush treatment at USC, and he just does it all. Any way to get him out on the field is a good thing. Yeah, I think he's uh, I mean, maybe a little early, but he's the type of player you just watch him do work with the ball in his hands. He's, I think he's going to be special. Yeah, and against an opponent like San Jose State, he can just run past absolutely anybody they put out there on defense and just chuck the ball down there. You know, just like that Joe Burrow meme, you know, F it, Jamar's down there somewhere. Right. I'm going to throw it up to him. It'd be a perfect, you know, perfect I, opportunity to do it against this opponent for sure. Yeah, the three Debbie Leagues I've been in this year, I've got 100% exposure to Zachary Branch. Got him in one supplemental draft we did. And I just wrapped up an auction Debbie League that I got him in. And then another normal third-round reversal league, I just scooped him up as well. Was that auction Debbie? Sorry, go ahead, buddy. I'm just walking away with all of Zachary Branch as early as I can before I got to pay that. that premium once we see some highlights from him. Yeah, you know that's going to happen. I was going to ask, was that the auction, Debbie, you did where Caleb Wayne went for 996? Yep, he went for 996 out of a $1,000 budget. Uh, Luckily for the person that drew being able to nominate first, locked up Caleb Williams right away. I mean, it it's a strategy. Bold strategy. It is. It's a strategy. What If you don't mind me asking, just kind of side topic, what did you get uh, Zachary Branch for? Uh, 195 that's not bad. I'd, I'd pay that all day long. I think I had my proxy set up to three. Right, right. So you, you stole him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of freshman receivers, I also got Jerry on Dickey for $1. $1? $1. I I left about 75 bucks on the table. I over-budgeted. I thought I'd have to fight for him. And barely not. <laughs> over budgeted. Normally it doesn't happen in auctions, so I think you did pretty well. And I'd rather walk away with the guys I wanted and leave some money on the table than you know, exhaust all my budget and not walk away with who I wanted. Exhaust all my budget and get the one guy I wanted. Absolutely. That's the way a couple of people played it. You know, May, Marvin Harrison, Caleb Williams all went for Max. So I, I they got and them and four dollar players. Yeah, that to me that's that's nuts. You and I talked about this pretty extensively, you know, 
in the last week or so. But like uh, to me, like Caleb Williams is probably the only one I'd go that high on. Maybe Harrison Jr., but not. I, that's it. I mean, that's. I think Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison are both generational talents, and that's the only reason I put MHJ in that same conversation. Yeah, I agree. I could easily do it for Caleb. I'd be hesitant about Marvin Harrison just being a wide receiver. The last handful of years, we've seen these elite top 10 guys pop up about once a draft class, if not twice. Yeah. But Caleb, I was preparing myself to go max on him. I just didn't draw the right stick and get that first nomination. But luckily, I I'd already planned ahead for not getting him. I got A-Rich for a pretty penny, and then I also got Bryce Young. So I was at least kind of okay with my QB room if I didn't get him. I didn't feel that I had to get Caleb Williams. I had to get Drake May. I'm good where I'm at, and I spend my budget elsewhere. Exactly. And when you feel like you have to get somebody, that's when you mess yourself up because you feel like you're you're all in on one apple. So I think you did good, buddy. We'll get back to the – College football talk. That's what we're here for this week. Last game on the slate at 9 p.m. We have FIU at Louisiana Tech. Uh, Tech being the home team are 11-point favorites. The second highest over-under behind the SC game on the slate at 58.5. So this one, expecting to have some fireworks on this one, all right. Yeah, I'm... uh... I'm expecting Louisiana Tech to to win, like you said, crazy over under, fifty eight and a half. I think they both they go over it, trying not to, uh, you know, prevent the fireworks from happening. But there's going to be some fireworks. It's going to be fun to watch. I was trying to look up who uh, FIU's head coach was. Um, I mean, it's it's leaving me right now. Did Lane Kiffin ever coach FIU? I know he's not now. He's a no. He coached a FAU. FAU. Thank you. Okay. That's that's all I, mean, I got there, now. <laughs> there's there's going to be some smoke. That's for sure after these fireworks. Uh, wide receiver Smoke Harris from Louisiana Tech. He should have a big game. A little bit on he's on the smaller side. Nothing for the NFL. Just love the name Smoke Harris. He's going to be out there running running wild, getting wide open. I expect him to have a big day. And I, I like how same you thing. parlayed smoke into his name. That was cool. Same thing as you, Louisiana Tech. I'm hoping they they get it very close to the over-under at least. So we got some entertainment to end the night. We know I'm, the SC I'm, game. By the time this one kicks off, it'll be over with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised that uh, the USC game wasn't the last game considering USC was home. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, Louisiana Tech all day. Smoke. Uh-huh. I'm surprised by the network some of these games are on. I would expect USC to be on ESPN, but they're on the local Pac-12 network. And then we get to settle for, I believe, Ohio and San Diego State. Which, fine by me. As long as football's on, I'll watch it. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, we're, we're true degenerates. It doesn't matter who's playing, Debbie-related, NFL-related or not. I'm going to watch it. Right. Then you have to have a storyline. As long as there's a football on the field, I'm good. Especially with all the sports betting, I'll have skin in about every game on here. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to. I made some good money last year on sports betting. Might as well start it back up. You know, I know on prize picks, they did drop their college football board for week zero. So I had to jump on that real fast. So I'll just go over my six picks that I made today, my early one. I got Caleb Williams under 280 passing yards. Like I said earlier, I just think they're going to be pedaled to the metal coming out the gates, and he's just not going to have the volume to get there. Yeah. Yeah. If he played all game, I think he'd go well over that. But I think he gets the hook before halftime, and they're just going to have the – I mean, everybody's going to have a day. You know what I mean? Running back's going to go off. It's just he's not he's not going to have the opportunity because of lack of opportunity. Exactly. And with Austin Jones, Marshawn Lloyd, they got a couple other running backs. They're going to be able to just run the clock out. Yeah. They're, they're going to have so many bodies to throw out there. It won't be anything to them. Give Caleb Williams the rest after they get up by 30, and that's his day. I'm right there with you, man. I think that's a good play. I wish I had prize picks. Oh, I, I'm a big fan of it. I didn't have it up until about two months ago, but I'm loving it so far. Yeah, Ohio doesn't have prize picks, and it makes me sad. Yeah, unfortunately not. And sticking with the same game against SC, I got Kyrie Robinson running back for San Jose State. Less than nine and a half fantasy points. And for price picks, it's full PPR, four-point passing touchdown. So being the running back, he's not a big pass catcher. I just don't see him getting much work. They're going to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times. And you also, a lot of people aren't putting much weight into it. I'm not sure if that's the right way to look at it or the wrong way. We'll find out. But they did implement that new rule to go into the NFL style. The clock does not stop first downs unless it's the last two minutes of the of the half or the game. Period. Period, yeah. The second quarter, fourth quarter, that's it. So it's going to be a little bit more up-tempo, less plays ran due to the clock running more. So we'll see how much of that actually affects the game, but I won't be surprised if we see some lower scores, especially from like a team like San Jose State playing catch-up all game. They know they're not going to win it. Maybe we just won't see as many plays from him. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a a mercy rule. That's I think it's good for college football games like this. You know, it's your, your teams that have no chance of coming back and winning or getting more players hurt. Just less plays, the better. I mean, nowadays it's all about speeding up the actual time of the game, going from three and a half hours to you know three hours, three hours, fifteen minutes. Big conundrum going on with baseball is the length of the games. College football's taking their own little spin on it, making the game speed up a little bit faster. I mean, I can I can kind of get that to a degree. I might I think I sent on the opposite uh, side of the fence for that one. If I'm spending buku bucks to go to a college football game, I don't want to go there and get my money's worth per se. I guess, but it, I'm not sweating thirty minutes. You know, it is what it is. Right, you're already there. You're already watching the game. It's just, they, it's going to suck. You know, we're not going to see those big comebacks anymore to where they're down 21 points in the fourth quarter and getting out of yeah. bounds, getting first downs, hurrying up. We're just not going to see that kind of stuff anymore, I don't think. Exactly. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Same thing. Like a few years ago, Ohio State came back and beat Penn State at home when JT Barrett was a quarterback. That never would have happened had this rule been in place, so. 
I think it right. I get that it speeds up the game, but it I feel like it takes away too. Yeah, that's what side I'm on the fin the fence I'm on. I'd rather have the traditional college rules stop every first down. It's what we're used to. It's why we love the game. We could see those crazy comebacks, things like that. Well, I, I, I like that that side of it too. Like you said, the, the, the same thing, like slow it down. These are also kids. I mean, I know that they're adults, but they're kids. They're yeah, they're getting paid NIL, but they're they're not professional athletes yet. Um, just gives them a chance to, you know, do stuff in clutch time. I, that and I, I feel like it should differentiate between amateur and professionals a little bit. I don't feel like it should be an immediate swing over. So, but it it is what it is. Yeah, it is. You know, quickly run through my last four picks on this slip. I got Audric Estime, running back for Notre Dame, over 72 and a half rush yards. I said earlier, I expect a big day out of him. They're going to be up a lot. He's going to be the focal point of the run offense. I think he's going to go over 100 yards. Then I got Grayson James, love the name, FIU quarterback, over 17 and a half rush yards. He hit that mark on half of his games last year. He's a, he's a more mobile quarterback than a pocket passer. I brought him up some smoke Harris earlier. I got him over five receptions. I think he'll get seven to eight. He's going to be a PPR guy for them this year. Short, twitchy, fast. Going to love watching him play this Saturday. And then last one, Ohio running back, say Bengura, over 12 and a half fantasy points. He's got some pass catching ability to him, but as stated earlier, over a thousand yards, 15 touchdowns on the ground last year. I think this is, Chalk for him, easy, easy money, 13 points or more for him. And that's all I got for prize picks. If you guys got any slips out there for week zero, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Gump7285. Let me know what you guys got down. Maybe there's some other plays that I didn't quite look enough into or some other favorites that are out there that are low-hanging fruit I didn't pay attention to. And then what I'm most excited for being in North Carolina I can finally play college DFS again. We had that in Ohio about seven, eight years ago, back when Greg Ward was quarterback at Houston. I remember playing him on a weekly basis. And then they took it away with the new laws they put in. I'm glad to have it back down here. I love the prop betting, but DFS always have a special place in my heart. It's what I've played for the last 10 plus years. Did they take that away when they did the whole NIL stuff and NCAA 14 was the last college football game and stuff, that whole whole thing? Yeah, it was around the same time. They didn't want making any money off college kids, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I, I unfortunately, never got to experience uh, the college DFS side. I'm not super big on the NFL side, but I also um, – you know, I have love for college football more so than NFL, so I would probably play the college DFS a lot more. Oh yeah, I'm the I'm with you there. I'm a diehard super college football fan compared to an NFL fan. It, there's no comparison. I love the college football game tremendously more. The just the tradition of schools, the fight songs, the bands, the fans, the you know, like the jump around at Wisconsin, the chants. Just can't beat it in sports. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And, thinking we're going to have real live college football impact stadiums here in just a couple of days. 
No, it absolutely does. Um, I mean, we're degenerates. We'll watch NFL football all day on Sunday, but, you know, I sit there and record all college football games. Obviously, I can't watch them all at the same time, but, you know, I watch them uh, every single one I record throughout the week. NFL, if I miss it, I miss it. That's why YouTube TV is the goat of streamers, cable providers, whatever you want to call it. Unlimited DVR space, hit record college football. Every single game that comes across your channels, it's recorded. I love it. Used the last season. I can't wait for it again. It's the same thing I did last year. Like you said, just hit college football, record every new episode or every new game, and it's it's wonderful. I hope you have a lot of time. Oh, yeah. That's the only downfall to it. But not, I know this is a week zero preview. But while we're here, take the opportunity and do a little bit more season long what we're looking at. We're going to give I'm you guys too, our way too early predictions. Just a smidge early. Nothing wrong with that. Put it on wax and know what we're thinking. We're going to give you guys our Heisman picks, playoff picks, and our national champion picks. So we'll go ahead and start off with the Heisman. I've been a big Jordan Travis, you know, pro Jordan Travis for Heisman. I think he's going to have a monstrous season with all the weapons. But I've changed my tune lately. I think Caleb Williams is going back-to-back. With all his weapons, how good he is, I I just think it's going to happen. We've only had one player do that, you know, what, 50 years ago almost? Yeah. I think it's finally going to happen. Uh-uh. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, Archie Griffin will be the only ever two-time winner. We've we've seen this happen before with Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. Uh, I mean, Caleb Williams is going to put up numbers, but it's it, they're not going to allow it to happen. I I can is he the best player. All right. Yeah. No, I I hear you. Is he the best player in college football? Absolutely, no doubt. Um, but I just don't I don't think they'll allow it to happen, which which sucks. Um. I think it's a good pick. It's a safe pick. I So maybe some homerism on my pick. Uh, I was going to say Joe Milton, but I feel like he's so up and down. It's like if, if he does what Hendon Hooker did last year, I feel like there's no doubt. Or how he played after Hendon Hooker got hurt last year. There's no doubt. But um, I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr., man. I feel like I feel a Devontae Smith-esque season coming on. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I think Kyle McCord's going to get the starting nod. I know that they're, it seems like they're pretty split between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Um, but Marvin Harrison, I, I, I just, I feel something it's, it's, it's there. If it's Kyle McCord, they, they played high school football together and it's, they're just going to reconnect, have chemistry. It's, it's going to be insane. You just feel it in your bones. Don't you? It's, it's just going to happen. Do. I do. It's 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 running through me. I've been hearing rumblings that maybe Devin Brown was going to be named the starter. I have to. Day, neither of them pretty, have won it or lost it. Yeah, they're pretty split. I saw something the other day. It was like it's August something something, and Ohio still still hasn't determined a starter. It, it sounds like it's fifty fifty. They're both going to play week one. I mean, right now for Heisman odds on DraftKings. Uh, Kyle McCord's at plus 2,200, and Devin Brown's at plus 3,500. So, yes, Devin Brown is the underdog in this situation, but it's not 
He's it's what crazy. top fifteen in odds, I think. Top twenty at worst. You know, he's up there. So apparently, even the books think there's a decent possibility he could be starting over McCord. Yeah, he's looks like he's seventeenth in odds. So that's that's not bad. Seventeenth in odds, and his running mates top fourteen. So and he's ahead of Travion. He's ahead of Marvin. Well, not now. Now he's behind Marvin Harrison. But who's your dark horse pick? Someone that they could have the goods to win it. Probably not going to happen. But there's a decent possibility they can come out of nowhere and take this thing home. You're gonna you're gonna probably hate me for this. Uh, and I'd say Drew Aller. I, I think. But, and but I, why? I I love Drew Aller. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great prospect. He's going to be a top five pick in the NFL. But why? They're they're not well, pass happy in Happy Valley. I, uh, I I I get that. I know they're not. But I think that Drew Aller being the quarterback is going to be this offense going to look totally different than what it has. Was it Sean Clifford last year? Oh, yeah, good old Sean Clifford. Man, um, they hated him there. Yeah, I I know that they've you know they don't have any like I think Parker Washington was their best wide receiver last year. Um, you know, they're going to rely heavily on Nick Singleton, but I feel like Penn State's in for a big year. You're going to allude to this later, I'm sure, I would assume. I just feel like it's going to have to be on the back of Drew Aller, and I expect, honestly expect huge things out of Drew Aller this year. And I'm a huge fan of Drew Aller. I mean, they got Singleton. They got a good offensive line, Katron Allen. I'm more so worried about who's throwing to. The receivers aren't anything special. I mean, no disrespect to those guys, but even comparing them to the Big Ten, they're probably not a top half of the conference receiving core. So that that's my hang-up yeah. on Allers. Who he's playing pitch and catch with, not, not so good. They're going to lean on Singleton and Catron Allen in that line. But th- yeah. that's why it's a dark horse pick, right? Absolutely. I mean, and it doesn't have to make sense. I just, you know, that's – who comes to mind for me? Um, I mean, sure, there's some dark horse. Like if you're looking at betting odds, like uh, Braylon Allen's plus six thousand, but I feel like that's we've Braylon Allen's been talked about plenty. I don't feel like that's necessarily dark horse, you know. So, yeah. No, and then we got you know, Tyler Buchner, Buckner, Ty Simpson, and Jalen Miller all three at six thousand. So the books have no idea who's going to roll out the starter in Alabama. Apparently. That one just caught my eye, but my dark horse, not really a dark horse of those that have listened to us on the Gridiron Fantasy Show before, but a lot of people don't like this kid anymore. Quinn Ewers. I, they have plethora of weapons out there. Spoiler alert, they're a playoff team for me. They're either going to run the table or have one loss. I think they're going to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa this year like they should have won last year in Austin. But I just think he's he's going to show why he was the perfect prospect according to twenty four seven sports and the highest rated prospect in the history of their their program. I like how I think we both alluded to each other's uh, potential future picks on stuff. So, um, I man, I love Quinn Ewers. I've loved Quinn Ewers since. I mean, he was in high school. The only thing I don't love about Quinn Ewers is he enrolled early. I get it. Um, I think, like you said, kind of. Oh, we'll talk about it later. But I think he has a monstrous year, lives up to the the hype that he had the last two years. And quite frankly, I don't necessarily think he's a dark horse, but I'm with you. 
Yeah, we'll move on to our playoff picks. I'll go first. I got my top four in no particular order. Uh, Michigan, go blue. Georgia, of course. Texas and Florida State. And then I guess the last two out or the other two, fifth and sixth seeds, we get USC and Ohio State. What are you working with over there, Derek? Oh, buddy. Oh, I've got – I've got, again, same thing, no particular order. I've got Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas. And then my first two out are USC and Bama. Ah, Alabama. Yeah. I think they're going to have a pretty pretty bad season by their standards. I, I think, think so, the too. But... situation and the wide receiver room's a mess. There's so many running backs they can choose from. And I, I don't even think they finished top ten, to be honest with you. I think they finished with two losses, but they're still uh, the committee always loves Bama. They're always seems like fucking top eight. Um, I, I think they struggle this year too. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose two or three games this year. Um, don't know, like you said, don't know quarterback, don't the running back, don't know wide receiver. It's it's hard to say which direction they're going to go and at any position. <clears throat> but I, I still think they're top six. You, you're probably more right than what I will be, but it is Bama. You know, just like Ohio State, they always seem to find a way, at least to be in that conversation at the end of the year like they did last year. Right. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and then, again, the committee seems to always love Bama. The SEC is owned by blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Now – the green daddy of them all, not the Rose Bowl, but national championship. Who's your favorite to win it all this year? And I, I don't want to hear Georgia. That's too chalk. We're not going to do that here. Someone else other than Georgia you think is going to take home the trophy? I'm going to surprise the shit out of you on this one, buddy. I'm going to say Michigan. That's what I like to hear. I mean, you know I bleed scarlet and gray, brother. Um, I feel like so, I guess deep dive-ish. So, Georgia's got a lot of um, guys to replace in a way. I mean, I know they've got Brock Bowers coming back. They've lost some defensive key, key defensive players. Uh, the big one is Stetson Bennett. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of him coming into last season, but, man, he impressed the hell out of me last year. He, and he's impressing me still at the NFL level. Um, and I think they're still going to be a top-four team. I think it, it's either Michigan or Texas for me. Ohio State, I, I think that Ohio State and Michigan, we're obviously we play every year at the end of the year. Uh, coin flip this year, I think we're both undefeated going into that game. But I think we both still make it. Whoever wins obviously goes on to win the Big Ten Championship, and we both make it. Same thing as last year, but I'm hoping it's us that win it instead of you guys. Um, it's hard to beat a team twice. It really is. So if we beat you guys and, you know, and win the Big Ten Championship, we'll never hear the end of it if Michigan doesn't get in next year, if we got in the year before under the same circumstances. So, And then we play at a neutral site. I think you guys win. You guys should have beat TCU last year. We should have beat Georgia. It should have been us two in the championship last year. Should have, could have, would have, is what it is. I don't have the most confidence in Georgia because of the stuff I mentioned. I, I think that Ohio State 
and Michigan are probably the best two teams, but I think Texas is right there on the doorstep too. But really, I think I, I take that back. It's Michigan and Texas. I think Ohio State's around the doorstep of those two. So, um, but I think I think Michigan pulls it off this year. And like you said, they have many many holes on the defensive side of the ball. Bark Bowers is back. Unfortunately, uh, Branson Robinson earlier today got reports that he has a massive leg slash knee injury. He's done for the season. Andrew mm. Paul, the other big sophomore running back who tore his ACL last year, has looked pretty good. I believe Kendall Milton's injured as well. And there's the big-time freshman Roderick Robinson, the second or third, I believe. So there's, they're banged up, but they have a lot of them. A lot of that's the, you know, there's it's the Georgia running back room. They just say, seem to always be injury plagued with lots say, of talent. Not a Georgia running back unless you have a bum knee. That's that's the MO. But then you look at Carson Beck, the unknown, the unproven. Reports say that he's better than Stetson Bennett, but he doesn't bring to the table what Stetson Bennett did. He's not 29, he's not a leader. You know, he's not the leader that Stetson Bennett was, that's for sure. So I'll be interested to see if Carson Beck does have goods to take this team all the way. If there's going to be, I don't know, a blown gasket on the team, I think it would come from Carson Beck being turnover prone or just not being ready for that spotlight just yet. Or the growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. He might be as good as Stetson Bennett was, but I feel like, um, is overlooked, but Stetson Bennett, I think, was a lot more of a vocal leader than what people gave him credit for last year. He, you know, rallied the troops and got them to play together. But Stetson Bennett, he's he's a leader, and that's his best quality. And that uh, there's nothing wrong with that being a quarterback. For me, if I'm a coach, I want my quarterback to be the guy, the captain, the leader, get the guys in order, and have them go out there and win a football game. I don't want to see my running back or wide receiver being the most vocal and leading the troops. Yeah, I want, I want to my, make a quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. I want my quarterback to go out there and, you know, lead these guys in the battle and be the captain. Plain and plain exactly. So appreciate the Michigan pick. I I think it's gonna happen, but I can't allow that to be my pick. I think it's gonna I be Florida State. I figured this was happening. <laughs> I I think it's going to be Florida State. They might just be the best offense in the country, have the best weapons. Jared Verse on defense, I've talked about him numerous times before. I think he's going to get 12-plus sacks this year and just wreak havoc on every single line and quarterback in front of him. And their all-around defense is stout. Very good college defense. When you got that pass rusher like him, that sets up everything. If they can get pressure on the quarterback with just him alone, it – they're going to run the table, I think. And we'll see it week one on display versus LSU. Very good game last year. We'll see if they can hang on this year and get the W. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, the, that defense is, is stout as hell. And then, I mean, what, three wide receivers, six, four and bigger. And then the the running back, Jordan Travis. I mean, it's, we've talked about Florida State a ton. I, I Florida State wasn't in any of my top six, but uh, – they're a damn good team, and I think they, they have a damn good year. Um, There's definitely a lot of Florida State doubters out there still, even with the loaded offense they have. There's still people that don't think 
like yourself, they're even going to make the top six in the end of the year or even win the I, ACC. I think they're a top 10 team. I'm not sure I'm shoot in for them to win the ACC just yet. I mean, Clemson's still there. Let's not forget that. And they've got, you know, Klubnik, my guy, Will Shipley, you know, thorough of, of great wide receivers, good wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Florida State. I like I, I do enjoy this pick. I don't necessarily think they're a top six team, but they're a top ten team for sure, I think. And then, like you said, it makes it on the defensive side of the ball. If you have great pass rushers, it makes everybody's job easier. You know, we, we see it all the time. Look at, like, when Ohio State had Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young made that defense. And just like Michigan with Hutchinson and Ojabo. I'll let you go ahead and go first. Your dark horse pick for national champion. Now, it doesn't have to be a playoff team for you whatsoever. A team you think that could just come out of nowhere, non you know, preseason fixture in the top five, team that people may not be looking at in that light, at least as of right now. Well, they, they might be looking at them in that light, um, and they are in my top four. But uh, Texas, and you probably knew this when I, you know, was talking about my national championship team. I held Texas right up there with Michigan with best teams in the nation. I think Texas has not just Texas, not Texas. I think Quinn Ewers has himself a hell of a year. That's why I said something earlier about, you know, you saying he's a dark horse. I think he's, you know, top three, top four, in my opinion, to, to, to win it. So, I'm not disagreeing with you on your dark horse pick by any means. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I, I think Quinn Ewers goes out there and potentially wins a Heisman. And if that's the case, this team's going to be dirty and nasty and be right up there with the best in college football. It'd be a great year. Bama's going to be down. Georgia's going to be down because, you know, like we said, they're replacing guys and or not knowing what the hell they're doing anywhere. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's kind of a three-horse race, four-horse race. You know, USC, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas. I think Texas could very easily separate themselves because that offense is going to be humming all year. Yeah, as I said, Texas is in my top four. I think they have a very realistic chance to win the Natty. But I'm going to go with the Big Ten team, another state school. I'm going to go with Penn State, Denny Lines. You had Oller as a dark horse Heisman pick. We know Nick Singleton. I think he's going to hit that 1,000-yard mark again. I also think Catron Allen's going to hit 1,000 yards. I think between that two-headed monster, the talent of Drew Holler, I think he's the type of quarterback that's going to make the players around him better. He's going to make one of these wide receivers a college football star, I think. A household name by the end of the year. The defense isn't too shabby. You know, they have arguably the number one corner in the nation. Kylan King, I believe, if if I have that correct, I've drawn a blank on him for a second. But they they are loaded. They're an all around good team. I'll I'll go ahead and go with Penn State. No, I'm uh when we were talking before the show, it was funny because we, we had both kind of I was like, who, where's your, what, what conference does your team play for? You said Big Ten, and immediately I knew. And you were like, oh, you picked Wisconsin too? I was like, no, Penn State. 
So I'm, I'm glad I let you take it over because then it led me to pick Drew Aller for Heisman Dark Horse. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. This this team is, is well-rounded on both sides of the ball. I, their two toughest games are Ohio State and Michigan. Um, not saying – and those teams aren't unbeatable necessarily. You know, Ohio State, very beatable. If you can run against them, which, like you just said, alluded to, both of those running backs are going to have over 1,000 yards. I think it's entirely possible, and that's entirely possible. And I think that's also why Drew Aller is a, a dark horse Heisman candidate for me. Like you said, I think he makes one of these wide receivers on this roster a household name, a college football star, potential NFL star, or NFL Debbie guy, whatever you want to call him. Um, and then Michigan, uh, Michigan's beatable. Look at TCU last year. So I'm, I'm with you. I think this. I think it's a great pick. This this is my original pick, but I'm I'm with you 100. percent It's Penn State. I mean, we've seen them in years past be extremely solid and get up there and just slip up in one game. Yeah. So I, I feel like they're back to that to that level again with even just the three we named: Oller, Singleton, Allen. So we'll see how it all plays out. But, of course, okay. like you said, to do that, they got to go through OSU, got to go through Michigan, got to win the Big Ten. But that's why the, they're the dark horse. That's not likely to happen. They're going to be able to do all three of those things. Right. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm also a uh, kind of a fan of James Franklin. I think he's a, a hell of a coach. And I think he like another one of those guys that the players just love playing football for. Um and I'm a huge Drew Aller fan, man. I think that's what puts them over the top for me. I'm just a huge Drew Aller fan. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one, buddy. I love James Franklin. Hell of a coach. Seems like an extreme, extremely good man. He knows how to coach these kids, motivate them, get the best out of them. So we'll see how this season plays out, but I'm just excited to have some football here in a couple of days for week zero, even as – non-competitive as the games might be in the lack of star power for week zero. But, hey, college football is back. It's finally here, and I can't wait. Can't wait to talk to you again next week on the show after week one and see what you know, see what unfolds with week one when we finally get a large slate of games and some marquee matchups. Yeah, give some, but, some instant reactions and some, you know, like you said, some previews for the, the week one games, which I'm a lot more excited for. Oh, absolutely. So that's all I got for us. You got any final thoughts, comments, anything you want to put out there while we're here? Uh, no, not that I can, not that I can think of. I mean, other than OH. No, 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 no. It's go blue. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Hail to the victors. I'm I'm with you, pal. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up and get out of here. Appreciate everyone that's tuning in, listening to this for our first episode here on the Destination Debbie channel. If you want to follow us all on Twitter, you can follow me at Gump7285. You can follow Derek at D underscore Cook93, and that's spelled K-O-C-H. We'll see you guys again next week after week one. Thanks for listening. See ya.